0: Good morning. It's time for Rochester Today, Tuesday morning. I'm Andy Brownell, and of course, T.O. is here. Tom Ostrom. Good morning, Tom. Hi, Andrew. Hope you're doing well.
1: Thank you. You too. You look good.
0: Doing okay. Let's put it that way. Doing well. What's in the mailbag? (laughs) Show Walter, another
1: satirical political cartoonist. It shows uh, Joe Biden behind Hunter Biden's chair, and Biden Hunter is naked and smoking on something, and he's blowing up a balloon. And Biden says, Hunter, blow up those balloons and launch them faster before the media starts asking me about those documents again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then it shows Branko, political cartoonist, and it shows Biden walking away from East uh Palestine or Palestine uh, with with the money in a bag. And it shows Trump walking toward uh, East Palestine, saying America first, because Trump did go and visit before the Biden administration did. And now they've finally gone to East Palestine. And then um, Rose and KLS communicating and sharing it with me. KLS says Minnesota State Representative Jerry Newton and Heather Edelson recently introduced a House resolution which would prohibit the sale of non-electric powered lawn and garden equipment. Yeah. And that's what KLS said. And then Rose said, yep, and they have stock in the electrical equipment companies too. Oh,
0: I didn't know that. Yeah. I'd have and, to research that. But Yeah. Well, there's even talk of, legislation that would uh, potentially allow the state government depending on which administration was in charge to change the rules so you wouldn't be able to have future natural gas hookups to new homes or new apartment buildings for heat that everything would have to be electric heat Ah. Uh, now that's a proposal and it doesn't mandate it but it would open the door for the potential of that kind of regulation Hmm yeah oh god
1: they go crazy these people i think we need natural gas and nuclear and everything else and if people want environmental friendly uh technologies that's fine too do it all Uh, from wayne tom the first republican presidential primary debate will be held in milwaukee wisconsin uh that's blue state area uh in august of 2023 i am most impressed by biotech entrepreneur vivek ramaswamy i have read and enjoyed his best-selling books woke inside corporate america and the nation of victims of identity politics and the death of merit um so uh and some big republican donors are meeting with the uh republican candidates uh, that have been uh, announced so far but they didn't invite uh, the donald there that's no
0: that's interesting. Yeah. Maybe the revolution is afoot. <laughs> well, you think about how many people that Trump put in place in key positions within the party leadership. Yeah. So whoever wants to mount the revolution, I'm using that term loosely, obviously, would have to get past these gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. Much, you know, much like the Clintons had set up with the Democratic National Committee that they took the leadership positions, which is the ultimate prize, right? When you win the White House, yes, you generally get to appoint these people in order to forward your next election campaign. But he lost his second election campaign, but those people remain in place, the Trump people. So mm-hmm. everybody will have a tough fight if they wish to uh, pick that fight. Yes. Was that it for the mailbag? Yep. Okay. We'll take our break. Back in a moment, Tom Ostrom's here. I'm Andy Brownell, Rochester Today on a Tuesday on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back, everyone. Rochester Today continues. Tom, what's tops for you in Minnesota topics?
1: Uh, from Alpha, Liz Collins.
0: A white mother fears
1: public schools are grooming her black daughter to hate her. <coughs> Excuse me. A Minnesota mom and parental rights activist fears her black daughter's public school is grooming her to hate white people. Um, and that's Peter Hobart Elementary School at a Black Lives Matter school week. We were notified by email, the mother said. Her name is uh, uh, Jill McLaughlin. She said the school she thinks kept it hidden from parents. Uh, no mention of BLM and the schedule of Black History Month activities. They tried to hide it, she said. And they say it's necessary uh, to to address racism. Her daughter is black, uh, and her daughter doesn't like these things. She's nine years old, and she's very bright, and she senses this division uh, techno- technique, and and she she's confused by it. She McLaughlin, her mother said, she comes to her own conclusions, and. Uh, She said, why do we have to do a racial autobiography? Why can't it just be autobiographies of uh, of people uh, that are are advanced and accomplished? And her mother said she's smart, she's getting confused, and uh, the attacks on the nuclear family and all that is just counterproductive. And she said, we have a right to inspect the curriculum, uh, uh, but the schools
0: aren't being transparent. And that was what, St. Paul schools, she said? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> um, yeah. These battles, or I guess that's what you'd call them, uh, battles between parents, parents' groups, and the school districts uh, don't seem to be going away. In fact, they're getting more and more media coverage when they do flare up. And I saw in central Minnesota, the Sartell School District up by St. Cloud, they're in a pitched battle between a parents group and the school administration over a series of books that are not only in the, I, I don't even know if they have a library there, but I'd have to, but being used for an English class curriculum, apparently, or being made available to students. Either way, they contain what the average person would say, explicit sexual Materials. And and they were being – the school board was being dismissive of their complaints. And during one of the recent meetings, one of the parents got up and read the book, one of the books, (laughs) to the point where that got everybody's attention that the the level of the graphic sexual descriptions taking place in this book – most people would consider that's probably not appropriate. Apparently, I would say most people because apparently some people think it's okay to have that. And um, it has nothing to do with the existence of the book or the selling of the book or the distribution of the book. It's the idea that the book would be um, handed out to younger students or made available to them. Mm -hmm. And now they've uncovered a bunch of other books, apparently, that are available Along the same lines. So it's creating quite a ruckus up there in central Minnesota and getting quite a bit of press coverage, Mm. which I guess that's not all that unusual. But one person did point out, and that probably is the best um, uh, acknowledgement of the somewhat double standard or hypocrisy taking place that within the school system, as in many other school systems, they have been put in place. Uh, programs that can block internet searches. Mm. And of course, those were put in place mainly to block explicit sexual content, pornography specifically, mm-hmm. so kids could not go use the school computers to look up porn stuff. Well, <laughs> everybody's pointing out the irony of that. You, mm-hmm. The kid can't do that, but you can go down there and check out the book that essentially has um, not images, obviously, but uh, depictions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it'd be interesting to see how this uh, how this proceeds because it's it's turning into a battle between uh, the group of English teachers who are using these materials apparently in their classrooms and this group of parents. Mm. Wow! Every,
1: everybody's weighing in, as they say, right. And so educators, uh, administrators in some schools uh, trying to block information about what they're doing with their children from the parents, uh, that is absolute uh, outrageous, absolutely outrageous. Who'd ever thought educators would ever be doing that?
0: What was the old saying? If, you, if you've got to hide what you're doing, then you better be looking to see, <laughs> make sure what you're doing isn't wrong. If you feel the need to ho- cover it up from prying eyes, then That's perhaps right. you better uh, take a look at it and see if it's ethical.
1: That's right. A KROC News website, uh, again, uh, a group, uh, this happened in Wilmer, uh, Minnesota, a group of bystanders are being credited for stepping in and helping a police officer who was struggling and overwhelmed. He tried to arrest two suspects when he, and a traffic stop, recognized uh, one of them as a, uh, wanted on a felony warrant, and he approached them. They ran on foot. He caught the wanted man, and while he was ar- arresting him, the other man came back and jumped on him. And uh, the officer lost control of things. and And a group of bystanders uh, were there, and they stepped in and uh, helped the officer subdue the two subjects. We've, we're reading about that more uh, the, of, of citizens helping beleaguered police officers. And uh, we just think uh, that that is that is a good sign. But but then the uh, bystanders uh, fled the scene, and the police department's trying to find out who they are so they can thank them and maybe them <laughs> an award.
0: Oh, uh, well, maybe they don't want to be found. <laughs> <laughs> for for was, I don't know. I don't know. But odds it, are they probably just didn't want the credit or the attention, so they... Drifted away, but yeah. But we had another, unfortunately, incredibly violent weekend in the Twin Cities last weekend. And it, you know, Chicago-esque type shooting. That's a terrible way to describe something, right? When you're talking about extreme violence, it's Chicago-esque. But that's what we all tend to think of nowadays for the past decade or so when this type of violence breaks out. The 15-year-old boy was stabbed to death. Harding High School, a week and a half ago. Last week, and they had a celebration of life for this teenage boy.
1: Now, that's in Minnesota,
0: not Chicago, right? Hard- this is St. Paul. Yeah, this is St. Oh, Paul. Paul. Okay. So not only you had a, a murder inside a school in St. Paul, you had a celebration of life for the murder victim, which uh, turned into a mass shooting. My gosh! With two dead and others critically wounded, mm. apparently related to whatever conflict led to the murder in the school. Sad, sad state of affairs.
1: Mm. My goodness. Well, uh, public school enrollment continues to decline in Minnesota, according to Anthony Gakowski of uh, uh, of, of Alpha News uh, for the third consecutive year. Uh, the Minnesota Department of Education said enrollment dropped by about 2,500 students during the 22-23 academic year, and uh, uh, they're trying to get stabilizing funds to prevent this from uh, continuing, and Democrats are proposing a bill that would raise educational spending by a billion dollars. Charter and private schools saw enrollment increases, and uh, but homeschooling has dropped a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I would say if you looked at it, it was a drop, but it was a fairly modest drop for this past school year. The big drop occurred that first year of the pandemic Mm -hmm. while the lockdowns were taking place. That's where a lot, I think it was 17,000 students statewide left the public school system. I know the Rochester Public School uh, lost hundreds of students. Um, I couldn't give you the exact number off the top of my head. But I think what you see here is the decline has continued, but it was a relatively shallow decline last year. So it seems to be stabilizing at this point. And I wonder if the homeschool equation is uh, the reason for it stabilizing, that some of the people who did homeschool during the pandemic are now sending the kids back into Mm -hmm. the regular classrooms.
1: Yeah, I I would think that uh, that's what happened. Uh,
0: uh, Lourdes here, High School in Rochester. Here, Go ahead.
1: Uh, here's some figures that uh, you were wondering about. Uh, this drop is smaller than the 17,000 students right. who left public schools in the 2021 20, school year. And uh, I would think you're right. And then homeschooling is a tremendous uh, uh, activity and time consuming and I'm sure parents uh, if they're getting more faith in some of the schools, uh, uh, especially charter schools, religious schools, they'll transfer that responsibility so they can get on with their lives.
0: Yeah, Things are returning to more normal slowly, but Leward High School, Rochester Catholic Schools, has seen a huge increase in its enrollment and demand for classroom space because prior to the pandemic, they had been in a decline as were most Catholic schools across the mm-hmm. country yeah. seeing um, dwindling enrollment and having open, you know, open spaces in their classrooms. And now it's getting to the point that uh, many of these religious schools, private schools have waiting lists to get in despite, yeah. despite the hefty tuition you have to pay to attend those schools.
1: I would think Lutheran schools are the beneficiaries too. And, uh, they, I think people are saying with what's going on in some public schools, we want the religious schools. They're the closest to being traditional, although some of them aren't. But that is interesting, yes. And uh,
0: another state topic, well, actually, I don't know, local state topic, Mayo Clinic kicked out its financial report for the year, as I always do in February on Monday. And It showed them numbers are still very, very healthy. Historically, Mayo had a very, very strong year, but compared to the last couple of years, where due to the weird effects of the COVID pandemic, they saw a record setting. um, You know, I don't want to, it's a nonprofit, but in the nonprofit world, it's the best way to equate it. It's their profit. It's their excess revenues over expenditures. The bottom line. Uh, but it dropped more than 50% last year because of the hefty pay raises that Mayo and other employers had to hand out and the inflationary pressures. Mm-hmm. Uh The cost of supplies and materials to run Mayo's operations shot up almost 13%. So those two combined cut into the bottom line significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was – uh expenditures and expenses went up over a billion dollars from the previous year. But the margin, which is what you really want to look at, stayed at 3.7%, which is really good. When you think of what the size of a system like that, it translates into $600 million in excess revenues over expenditures. But seeing as Mayo now has 42,000 employees in the Rochester Center. And seventy six thousand nationwide. Wow! Can you imagine that? No. I mean, from years past, when let's say decades ago, that the, that meant they said they added seventeen thousand new hires last wow. year alone. But that you, know, you had a lot of people who were retiring. You had a lot of people who were leaving for a variety of reasons. So that doesn't equate to uh, adding to the workforce of seventeen thousand. But seventeen thousand new people working. For male.
1: Wow. And so many of them working at home, from
0: home. That's true, too. Quite a few of them. Wow. Well, we probably need to take a break. Do you have anything else you wanted to cover quickly?
1: Well, the DFLers, uh, have def- they, again, this wokeism, DFLers defeated a, a Republican effort to ban gender transition medical services. Uh, Republicans trying to stop it, and a DFL legislator... Uh, uh, uh Jamie uh, Becker Finn uh, DFL Roseville uh she compared uh, puberty blockers and mastectomies and hormone replacement therapy for minors as just like a baby having their ears pierced What's what? entity? yep and and so the DFLers defeated the GOP effort to black uh, to 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 ban these uh, medical services, but she said it's just like having a baby's ear ears pierced. What's wrong with these
0: people? We have to take our break for news, Tom. We'll uh, come back right after the news break. Tom Ostrom, I'm Andy Brownell. It's Rochester Today on News Time 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning. We're back from the news break. It's Rochester Today. Tom Ostrom's here. I'm Andy Brownell. What do you want to start with, Tom? There is a ton to talk about, but in national
1: news. Dr. Jill seems to indicate that Biden is going to run again. My God. Um, And Biden was talking with reporters, and they asked him about the East Palestine uh, issue. And they said, have you talked to the mayor there yet? And he said, I can't remember if I talked to the mayor or not about the train chemical disaster right in ohio remember
0: it's interesting to see how this disaster has become such a um a hot potato or whatever you want to call it politically and it could it could determine future presidential aspirations what occurs in this little industrial oh, sure. area of ohio
1: people are suffering and they've been ignored by the biden administration many of them are quite ill
0: already and uh, in my view, if you want to talk politically, the biggest losers obviously are the people who live there and are dealing with what they're dealing with. They're, this is going to be years and years before, sure. if if these things ever return to normal in that town. Yeah. But as far as movers and shakers is concerned, um, I think Buttigieg shot himself in the foot on this one badly. His, oh, sure. He did that. He did with the airline difficulties.
1: Uh, he did with the supply chain uh, difficulties he's been uh,
0: uh out of action on all these things so uh, yeah as far as biden's response to it yeah he'll probably take some heat for it but it won't be it won't be crippling let's put it that way but burge and his potential to be a future presidential nominee yeah. as you pointed out the other his the two things Two key crises of his tenure as transportation secretary, and he's been missing in action on both of them.
1: That's right. He was an affirmative action appointment. Uh, The Department of Energy announced, you say, what are they announcing this for? The Wuhan virus uh, came from a lab leak. People say, what do they know about it? Well, there's a lot of trained, uh, bright scientists at the DOE, and they've said that. And uh, another, if that's true, another Fauci denial on that issue, and uh, or a lie on that issue, and the media covered for him, and uh, the Chinese are furious that that has been released, and uh, they object to it and deny it all. But uh, th- that's the latest on that front. But the well, ex- the,
0: again, well, the DOE puts out this report. This was. About a year and a half ago, that but finally we're hearing about it because somebody leaked it to the New York Times, I think. Or was it the Wall Street Journal? Um,
1: I think, that, uh, I, I'm not sure.
0: So when this broke over the weekend, I had conversations with a couple of people and there were two takeaways they had from this, from the major media coverage of it. Number one, that it was a low confidence report. But when these intelligence reports arrive, at the president's desk or the national security agency from all these different agencies, they're asked to put their level of confidence in their Intel. And it's very, very rare for anybody to have really high confidence, except for in those situations where they actually have human intelligence on the ground and somebody actually witnessed it. And they know pretty much for sure this is what's going down. Um, But something shifted within the Department of Energy because they previously said, no, we think this was likely the mix mash of Mm. uh, animals at the marketplace, blah, blah, blah. But something changed, and I think that's really significant, whether or not it's low confidence or not. But a lot of these reports that are relied on become – they're low confidence because they're based upon an analysis – of the intelligence gathered, not actual human witness yeah. or yeah. satellite witness. you got to take that with a grain of salt. The other part of it, that, though, was I heard a lot of people say, well, you know, kind of scoffing, a little laughing. No, it's the Department of Energy. Why are they weighing in on us at all? Well, mm-hmm. I read up on this. The Department of Energy is in charge of the laboratories and the biological laboratories, other than those run by the NIH or the CDC. Mm-hmm. So they do have the expertise in this type of thing, sure I mean, they're the ones who set up these um sure. level four whatever they call containment labs they actually this is part of their mission, yeah, so That's it does it is the top it's, top it's, top. another part I read about this I didn't realize Tom, and I, I don't know where my head was, but the f b i has come in even stronger than the d o e on the leak from the lab idea, not a purposeful weapon attack, but some sort of accident occurred in that lab that caused this to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's both of the allegations here by the DOE and the FBI. But the FBI rates their confidence in this as moderate, which is actually fairly significant. Yeah. Well,
1: it seems the uh, the uh, agencies uh, and uh, the media are getting more critical of Biden administration policies. I think they want to get him dumped. And then, and then Biden's Department uh, 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 of Education. I think, I, I think the Department of Education should be banned. They should be abolished. Uh, states should run, uh, run the school systems and local uh, uh, administrators and officials should run it. We don't need the National Department of Education. But anyway, the DOE moved to rescind the policy protecting religious students groups uh, uh, from harm or from uh, criticism, they're they're not going to protect religious student groups anymore. Claiming it causes a quote unduly burdensome role for our department, and we're just too incapable of handling all that. And, and that's going after a Trump era policy that protected religious student groups by withholding funds from universities that restrict religious student speech. And the Daily Caller News found out that the DOE is not going to do that anymore. It's unduly burdensome. Uh, uh Trump, uh, uh, Trump enacted uh, this policy to, uh, so that uh, religious students wouldn't be censored or punished or restricted on campus.
0: On the topic of regulations, this was a Biden or a Trump regulation, you said. Yeah. um, I'm actually a little surprised it took them this long to knock that one down. I thought that would have been (laughs) – sorry. But there's a report out that shows that this administration by far is issuing more regulations than any other administration has at this point in – You know, how many years he's been in office based upon that, and then also showed the cost on the economy of these regulations that have been issued by the Biden administration. And it's astounding. It's 8% of gross domestic product is now tied up in the costs associated with federal regulations.
1: And those are executive orders. And some people are saying, are there limits to uh, presidential executive orders? And uh, should the courts uh, look at it? But, uh, yeah, that's something.
0: It's becoming a big... Oh, just one more thing on that. It's becoming a big thing before the U.S. Supreme Court. There have been numerous challenges to what's called the Chevron ruling, which was the courts kind of laid off and let the experts run things. So if you were with one of these agencies and you decided to impose a regulation that was outside the scope of the law, and they based it upon their expertise, usually the court's stance under precedent would be to let it stand because the court's not having that expertise that these regulators had. They would defer to the regulators. Well, there have been some key rulings that have been starting to chip away at that ruling, and the Supreme Court is going to be asked to look at it, and that could be a game-changer. It could.
1: But I remember Trump used to uh, 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 propagate uh, uh, executive orders and judges somewhere in Booneyville would knock it down. Uh, He was challenged all the time on his orders, but the the courts don't seem to go after
0: Joe. Yeah, they do. All these these rules are under court challenges all over the place. You're just like, once again, when... The opponents of Trump had victories in the Booneyville courts, as you said the media played those rulings up even though they were more or less meaningless until they got to the appellate court level and now when people had like the Chevron case this is a big deal this this could this could severely crimp the executive powers of the United States government if the courts rein in the power of these regulators and these these were these podunk rulings moving their way through the courts. But they didn't get a lot of coverage until it got to the point now where it's actually going to go to the Supreme Court. That's right.
1: And you just pointed out a major problem in our government. Unelected bureaucrats, uh, career bureaucrats that are there forever, are doing these things. They're uh, uh, against uh, the voter knowledge or ability to stop them, or courts too, for that matter. But they're working on it to, to limit, uh, as you Well say.
0: We'll see. It's going to be up to the high court. They could choose They could choose not to hear the case. If they choose not to hear the case, the president stands and more or less this Chevron rule remains in place. And it's an extraordinarily uh, powerful tool that the White House has over anybody else. Right. Can, and, if, and they're and saying you can go outside of what the law actually says to regulate something because your experts deem it necessary.
1: Right. But right now, the only check on that is the election of a president from the other party who can That's rescind true. those executive orders or issue countervailing uh, orders. Yep.
0: All right. Any other topics before we have to take a break?
1: Well, uh, Speaker McCarthy has released uh, the censored and hidden January six tapes uh, and given them to Fox News, <laughs> Tucker Carlson. Now, the media is outraged by that. Now they want copies they didn't want copies when Nancy Pelosi used her secrecy to ban and hide a lot of those tapes that didn't uh, uh comport with their objectives but uh, the media was happy with that but now that the republicans have it they now the media says we should have access uh, but uh what the republicans do with that information and some some that is very critical of the process uh Remains to be seen, but uh, Fox News is gloating over it, and the media is
0: furious. I bet they are. All right. I guess we'll take a break quickly and return. uh, More Rochester Today on the way with Tom Ostrom. I'm Andy Brownell, News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back. Rochester Today, Tuesday morning. Tom Ostrom's with us. Tom, what's happening on the international front
1: well, China, rather cleverly, diplomatically, has said they are going to aid uh, Russia, uh, you know, uh, in this war if it continues. But then they called for peace talks. Maybe that's pressure to give them uh, international status. Uh, yeah. Peace talks, a ceasefire between Russia and Ukraine, uh, and they have a. A plan to end the war and uh, uh, they want to uh, ensure that there's no nuclear war and they they want to protect uh, the civilian life and work in the same direction to get peace and uh, Zelensky said well I'll meet with uh, China President Xi I'm willing to meet with him uh, now that they've said all this but I won't meet with Putin but uh, Meanwhile, uh, Russian President Putin greeted the Chinese Communist Foreign Policy Chief Wang Yi during a recent meeting. And then again, now the United States is furious that China is going to aid the Ukraine. You know, we we can aid one side, but evidently nations can't aid the Ukraine. Um, uh, Belarus wants to aid the Ukraine. I'm sorry. Uh, Belarus? China can't. uh, can't aid uh, Russia in the war, but but the United States can be on one side of it, but they don't think the Chinese can. But the Chinese uh, want to get involved in this, and Belarusia wants to aid Russia also. So it's I think it's kind of hypocritical. We suggest a nation can't aid uh, and intervene and uh, support Russia, but, but we can be involved in doing it. But yeah, anyway, the China... But. China has stepped into the uh, diplomacy ring and wants a, a role in this. Either the, either either belligerency or diplomacy.
0: But Tom, I mean, from our point of view, Chinese involvement is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So of course we're going to express outrage at it. Sure. Regardless of what hypocrisy went in place. It's it's not a positive development in this the idea that the you know Maybe the Chinese being involved for, you know, involved in diplomacy might might be a positive, but the idea that um, as the Russian forces armaments are being depleted at an extraordinary rate, that they could be bolstered by what I imagine is huge stockpiles of weaponry that the Chinese have available. Mm-hmm. Not a, yeah, not a positive.
1: No, it isn't. It isn't, but I think China also wants to limit the U.S. influence in, in global oh, yeah. and take
0: a poke at us. Yeah, for sure. I, if they were able to negotiate an end to this war, that would would be a very significant positive for the communist Chinese.
1: Yeah, uh, and Zelensky said he wants to meet with China's leader, and uh, he's willing to do that, but he won't meet
0: with Putin. Interesting times we're living in.
1: Russia launched a rescue uh, ship. Uh, evidently, there's a space station, and Russian astronauts are there, and so is an American, and there was a leak uh, in, in a capsule, and uh, uh, and so Russia's going to launch uh, a, a space device to get supplies uh, to those stranded astronauts, but they can't take them on board the vehicle that Russia's going to send and later, Russia might send a rescue vehicle they can get into. But the evidently, there was there was a leak in a capsule, and the astronauts are in some danger. But they can still transfer to another spot on the space station. I didn't. I had. I don't know the last of it, or I, I don't know the uh, the latest on it. But uh, that's an interesting event.
0: Yeah, can you imagine being in their shoes, the American astronauts, on a Russian vessel? waiting in orbit while this is playing out on Earth beneath them. Oh, their families. Oh, my God, my heart goes out to them. I I think they're going to be okay, but the uncertainties, you want to talk about uncertainties.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Scary. And then, Andrew, the Pentagon is going to send more troops to Taiwan to bolster their training and their defenses As Washington and Beijing uh, play geopolitical politics, uh, Beijing wanting us to stay out of Taiwan affairs, and uh, the United States trying to block China belligerency on all fronts and show that we're a player. But uh, some Marines are already there. But um, uh, the Pentagon plans to deploy more, uh, about 100 to 200 more troops to Taiwan to train and enhance their defensive priorities. And, of course, the Chinese are furious about that, too.
0: All right. I saw that uh, one of the national TV outlets, it could have been NBC or ABC, I'm not sure, actually had a news crew on one of the AWACS planes that was operating in that region that got not buzzed but very, very close approach by a Chinese fighter jet and tailed. And that created quite a bit of a consternation, and the pilot of the aircraft said, "Yeah, basically this happens every day." He goes, "This guy's actually behaving nicely. He's just tailing us. It's the ones that <laughs> the ones that play chicken with it." He did, I'm paraphrasing. He didn't say it that way, but he got the gist of what he was trying to say. So the tensions are extraordinarily high. Sure, we're out of time though. As our
1: tensions between the. Uh Uh, Chinese Navy and the U.S. Navy
0: in South China Sea. Well, Tom, we'll talk to you in a couple days. Thursday's program, of course. I appreciate it and uh, look forward to it. Me too, you. Thank you. All right, Tom Ostrom, I'm Andy Brownell. It's Rochester Today, News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM.